0: God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs.
1: Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. voice of Batman, and you're listening to Hobo Radio Station. And now, two guys
0: with worse jokes than me, Joel Murphy and Lars. Hello again, I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, Lars Periwinkle. How are you? What's up, money? What's up? Did you hear my dog bark right on cue, right as we started?
1: Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> we were having a pretty long conversation, quiet, quiet as a mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as yeah. soon as we
0: went to start, then she was
1: like, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> she barks phonetically.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Also, in her defense, uh, Molly and I were really dicks to her the other night because we were like, <laughs> going through videos on YouTube. And I don't know if you've seen the video with that like one frog. It's just like really ridiculous looking frog and it's from a nature thing. And the frog is basically, it looks like a cartoon. Like it looks like a cartoon that a child drew uh, that's not good to drawing a frog where literally the body is just a circle and then it has like a little mouth and like dumb eyes. But then the frog squeaks like that's the whole thing is it just makes okay. this like squeaking noise. And we played it. Because we like we were just looking through, but we saw the frog, and we were like, "This thing looks cute. Let's play this video." And then, um, you know, Jolene lost her mind because it sounds exactly like her squeak toys, and then we thought that was funny. So, because she couldn't figure out, she was she was <laughs> like looking at us, like you must have. A
1: squeak toy in her hand, right? Because I hear it. Well, how were you How are you, dicks? Like you just kept playing it and watching her try to figure out what the fuck is going on? I think we're dicks because of like the third time we played it and we're still laughing. No, no, that's what we all do. we all fucked with our dogs because they're very, very stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hilarious how stupid they are. No, it was very funny
0: because she's like, yeah, she's, it was kind of like, it was almost like her discovering like a ventriloquist of like, how are you doing that? I know that you're making the sound. But you're not holding
1: my toy. So how, how'd how you do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> okay. I would. I hope you guys forgave yourselves very quickly because that's okay. That's that's half of the reason we have dogs is to fuck with how stupid they are. What's the other half? Oh, love. Oh, oh the love because Uh-oh. they're really great. They give you unconditional love even when, when you fuck with them that's true no i mean they yeah they shake it off i mean we've quick. been we've been friends for a long time but when i fuck with you like you're you get really angry <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa and we have to get with the. yeah i'm yeah. convinced that people fuck with me because when i get angry it's funny to people it is kind I of funny i don't know why that is it is kind of funny when you get angry it's like that it's like the, i don't know Listen, if you haven't listened to We Have to Ask, I suggest you go listen to it because it's a great show. But uh, that, that Jonathan Monroe, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that he pushes my buttons because mm-hmm. he thinks it's funny when I get angry. Yeah. And it works every goddamn time. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: and I mean, in fairness to him, we made him the villain of our TV theme song tournament.
1: So... We we did actually yes he we, we <laughs> he he took a fair amount of dressing down throughout that tournament.
0: Uh but no, if, real quick I I figured because I mentioned this if I can give this as a gift uh, to anyone else who has dogs out there if you want to you know like turn <laughs> turn your your iPhone or your your car stereo up or whatever you can this is a freebie that you can have.
1: But sometimes more unexpected sounds grab our attention. Like this desert rain frog. Squeaking viral sensation. 11 million hits and counting. It sounds like a dog toy. But actually, this is the sonorous war cry of a very angry frog. Ferocious. Oh my God! It, yeah. lo- it looks like a dog toy. It if really that does. Dog had been in the room with your adorable little Jolene. She would have torn oh. that thing to bits. Oh no! One hundred percent. Yeah, I could. I couldn't tell because it's that. I don't know that audio is being filtered through so many. Uh, you know, uh, medias at this point, but is was that David Tennant? I don't think so, no. i oh, okay. it's So, it does okay.
0: kind of sound like him, but I i mean, I don't know for sure, but I, I think it's just uh, someone who sounds vaguely like him.
1: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so, sounds like kind of Glaswegian.
0: Yeah. By the way, I, it is funny. I feel like we've been discovering our dog's personality because, like, we haven't really seen her with other dogs. You know, we adopted her... In the November before a global pandemic. (laughs) Sure. And and so we didn't have a lot of time, but uh, slowly, like, you know, now Molly and I have both been vaccinated and, like, we've been... Our neighbors actually got a puppy and we've been, like, able to spend a little bit more time with some of the neighbor dogs. But it's weird because we kind of discovered that Jolene's a little bit of a dick. Like... (laughs)
1: What? <laughs> well, she's no, right. Not your precious little girl.
0: I know. But no, she's very cute and she's very sweet overall. But like she likes to do this thing the with the little puppy when uh it, it'll have toys that it's playing with in the backyard, and then when it gets distracted and leaves them, she goes up and is like, now I want it. Like I like I but she sure. only wants the toys if the owner if the do- the other dog is like like had just played with them. And then it's like, I can take it from you. She took a bone from her too, like one of the little like chew-on bones, but she seemed to... and then the thing is like the the other people are very nice, but they I feel like they enable her <laughs> tendencies of like they're like oh it's fine like our dog has a lot of toys and it's like no you this dog is a monster and she's conning you
1: (laughs) i mean again that just sounds to me like dog behavior
0: no it (laughs) is but but you know what i mean it's just funny to see your dog that like you like a side of your dog that you haven't seen where you're like
1: you're kind of a dick like i didn't know this about (laughs) you (laughs) you want you only want stuff that other people want yeah yeah
0: yeah you only want it yeah like you're definitely absolute like absolute monster like your toys in the apartment you could give a shit about like if you know but if someone else wants to play with a toy then suddenly <laughs> i need that right. one right <laughs> it feels very That's like a- like uh, either uh tracy jordan or jenna like behavior on 30 rock or <laughs> <hard> Doc. <talk.
1: laughs> right yeah that has all of a sudden become the most important thing in the world to me
0: yeah so you know that's what we learned,
1: yeah, and so what's um I'm not i'm I'm not here I'm no dog expert, <clears throat> but I've had I've owned a fair share of dogs, so no criticism here. I'm just curious what size um what size of stick do you use to beat her mercilessly?
0: whoa, whoa no you, well
1: you don't hit your dog with a stick no. No. What the hell? What is wrong with you? See, see, this is why. This is why all these dogs are running around like they think they own the fucking place. (laughs) You hit dogs with sticks. This is what you do. That's how they learn. It's the only, that's what happens in nature. The the alpha dog. Hits them with a stick? beats Beats them mercilessly with sticks. That doesn't sound,
0: that doesn't sound right. We need David Tennant. Someone get David Tennant on the line to explain this <laughs> well, to us. No,
1: David Tennant's not going to tell you that. David Attenborough will let you know. That's that's just what happens.
0: Do you think David Attenborough like actually? You know, I don't know. How knowledgeable do you think he is? Like off the cuff? Like if you ran into him at a party, do you think he
1: can just rattle that stuff off, or do you think he needs a script? Yeah, I think I think he has. Even in his advanced age, I I um. You know what? No, I shouldn't say that. Because not everyone's the same, especially in his advanced age and doing this for as long as he has. He can rattle off many factoids. Yeah. I'm just always curious with like
0: people that are known for, you know, because I imagine like it was probably similar with Alex Trebek. Like it was almost like if you you're known as like a trusted source of knowledge that like you almost kind of have to have that you have to be ready You know, someone wants to be like, I don't
1: know. Yeah. You know what? I think you get into that line of work because of a thirst for knowledge. Yeah. So you do absorb that sort of thing. Now, um, I don't think the same can be said for like a jungle Jack Hanna. Yeah. I think that that guy was found to be full of shit.
0: Yeah. But you're saying Attenborough, like he's thirsty. He got into this because he's thirsty.
1: Yeah. No, totally. (laughs) He's a total thirst trap, that David
0: Attenborough. (laughs) Oh, man. Those those are great. Like those are the best thing for high def TVs. Like that those are the case for like, you know, if you get a new TV and you want to see how good it is, just just watch
1: the the first thing you do, absolutely. Yeah. You know what my dad used to do so um in the, you know, in the the 90s, early 2000s, my dad kept mm-hmm. upgrading his sound system mm-hmm. um for the TV. Like he really wanted like a home theater experience. And so he kind of messed around. He, he was kind of, um, my father was kind of a, an AV guy coming up. I wish, sorry. I wish y'all could see the face that Joel makes when that bark happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just like such, it's so angry and so quick. Yeah. Um, uh, he was like an AV guy, so he liked he he always was uh, on the new technology. He wanted to like the next new best thing, and he liked to like figure out how it worked and fuck with it and wire it up and shit. My dad Whenever was the same could, way. Yeah, was he really? Yeah, that makes sense because your dad was a musician. Yeah, yeah my dad
0: like is, played in bands his whole life. Used to help like yeah. with the sound in our plays that you and I did in high school.
1: That's right. He was always wiring crap up. Yep. So. Whenever he would get a new surround sound system or find one or he got a subwoofer or whatever, the way he tested that out, is he would pop in Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> and like the sound of the spaceships coming in in the very beginning, like he would turn the sound up and he, he basically wanted the whole room to vibrate.
0: I do remember when I was living in Boston, like I got my first nice high def tv was like the first like you know actual like good tv that i bought that probably wasn't like a hand-me-down tv or something like i actually bought like a good tv and i remember uh the person i was dating at the time and i like we had a friend over and i was like telling him about it and i wanted to show off the tv and so i was like you know what i'm gonna pop in the blu-ray of the dark knight and show you the trailer because you know you can see all the high def footage in the in the most on brand moment of my life, I played it for him and he was like, "That's cool. You you want to just watch the Dark Knight?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And then we just sat like it was literally like we were just supposed to hang out and then it was like I don't know. Well, you popped this in and you put so like that we're gonna like watch the Dark Knight right now, right? Like that's what <laughs> like, like it's out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's great that you just played the trailer.
0: Yeah, like, but it was, he was like, all right, no, let's let's watch the movie. So like, then we just yeah, like, like sat down and just <laughs> watched all of the Dark Knight because I wanted to show off my TV for like five seconds.
1: I really thought you were going to say Jurassic Park.
0: But Jurassic Park would have been good.
1: would have been good.
0: It is yeah. wild. I mean, and I know the reasons for it, but it is funny how Jurassic Park looks pretty good still today. And so many
1: movies that were made after it do not. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And granted, those movies didn't spend the same amount of money on their effects, but it, it still looks pretty goddamn good. No, it holds up. Yeah. 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 It's just
0: because I think then they put so much into it. Like, you know, then, you know, they get they got cheaper on the like, I don't know, as VFX got more. Just everywhere. And they valued it less and less. I think, you know, the push was to do as much as possible, as cheap as possible. But, like, they really put everything into Jurassic Park to make it look good.
1: Yeah, man. Hot take. That's why people listen to this show.
0: Yeah. It's for our takes on Jurassic Park.
1: And how the effects look good. Yeah. Wayne Knight was actually played by Tom Hanks. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. It was Tom yeah, Hanks. Yeah. yeah. It was Tom stud- Hanks as Wayne Knight, as Dennis Nedry.
0: Yeah. And he studied like, just tape it, like episode after episode of
1: Seinfeld to really get it down. Like, to- Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, when they were filming that movie in 1992, not too many, but still yeah. he figured it out. He figured yeah. it out. Yeah um also a lot of people don't know this
0: um samuel l jackson ad-libbed hold on to your butts the original line was hold on to your nips and he was like i don't think i don't think my character would say that
1: he probably said i'm not saying motherfucking nips yeah that's yeah he said i'll say what if i say
0: butts but it was like heated. It was pretty Because like, Spielberg was like
1: really convinced that it had to be Nips. He was really convinced. I heard that he actually he he wanted to say hold on to your butts, but he knew they wouldn't they wouldn't take that first offer. So what he said was I I insist this line be hold on to your motherfucking assholes. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he said, Well you can't say motherfucking okay. I'm gonna say hold on to your assholes, <laughs> and then eventually, when with negotiations, it ended up being hold on to your butts.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's just another. That's another fun fact about it. Um, yeah. Also, Laura Dern is great. A lot of people don't know that, but uh, it's really great in that movie.
1: She, uh, she is. Yeah. She is this is what a lifetime of watching movies will get you you guys. you'll know that Laura dern is great, <laughs> yeah,
0: you know what they they had to like she's such a good actor that you believe that she's interested in any of those people in that movie
1: yes yes you you will believe that she's um it, it, in- inter- i i i got i can't i can't get yes saying that. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. want to hear about something I did one more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I want to keep doing this, this bad bit.
0: Yeah. I feel like if we keep doing it, we'll get to comedy. We're going to find
1: gold. Yeah. I think it's there. No, I don't think so. Your eyes glazed over several minutes ago, but listen, do you want to know? Um, Actually? Sorry. I do want to know.
0: I have a real fun fact. The, this is a real fact about the movie okay.
1: Jurassic Park, and then it we'll talk about everything. Be fun, you said it's fun.
0: I don't know if it's fun, but it's interesting. Uh, the guy who plays uh, the the owner of the park, I already can't remember the character name, so This is off to a good start.
1: It's it's Richard Attenborough. We've been saying Attenborough this whole time.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, but I meant the character name. I I couldn't remember the character. Uh, name. Yeah, Richard Hammond. Hammond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Attenborough, who plays Hammond. Do you know that he directed the movie Magic? Uh, starring Anthony Hopkins and written by William Goldman that is about a guy and his mannequin dummy that's really creepy. It's a horror movie about a creepy mannequin called Magic, and he directed it, and Anthony Hopkins stars in it, and it came out in the 70s, and it's wild.
1: I have never heard of it. Is it. Is it the proper spelling of Magic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I have never even heard of this this thing. Yeah. It's also, uh,
0: <laughs> um, it also has, um, damn it. Why am I blank? Uh, Burgess Meredith. I was like, I couldn't remember. Bur- I was wanted to call him Mickey. I was like, what is his name? Burgess Meredith is also in the movie. <laughs> Magic.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you recommend it? I would definitely recommend it. As, okay. As something that's bad or just something that's curious
0: i mean as a like it's here's the thing like it's i find it to be ridiculous but like digging into it a little bit like it it actually seems like it was pretty well respected at the time like it wasn't it, it's not like notorious for being a flop or anything like i think people liked it at the time you know like it had talent involved in it but it's just a ridiculous movie that that has sadly been forgotten by time but it it should we should all revisit it
1: and Anne margaret oh yeah this is a this is a great description Mm -hmm. a ventriloquist is at the mercy of his vicious dummy while he tries to renew a romance with his high school sweetheart that is a 100 (laughs) percent accurate description of that movie i'm I'm kind of into that
0: yeah no it's good i believe it's on the streaming service shutter which i don't have but uh because i i remember this movie because i had seen it years ago and then molly and i were talking about it uh and i was just reading about it but um But yeah, it's, you know, if you want to see, you know, two-time Academy Award winner Anthony Hopkins in an early role, well, there you go.
1: Right on. David Ogden Steers, too. I'm into this. I'm going to try to check this out. Yeah. See? See? You doubted me, but I had a fun fact. When exactly did I doubt you? You tell me at the point at which I... When I said I had a fun fact about Jurassic Park when you were trying to move on. Oh, okay. That's... Not a fact about Jurassic Park at all.
0: <laughs> With the guy,
1: <laughs> yes, Sam. Hey guys, did you know this thing about Jurassic Park that there was a guy in it that directed a different movie? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Do you know the guy who directed Jurassic Park? He also directed some
0: other movies too.
1: <laughs> did he really?
0: Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah,
1: Ready Player One. I, I mean. <laughs> I, that year was so, that was so crazy. So like, it wasn't so crazy, but like uh, I was, you know, 11 and Jurassic Park blew my mind. Oh yeah. Uh, cause I was still super in, well, I guess I am still into like dinosaurs, but like that was, I was still super into dinosaurs and, um, uh, that movie is great. And it was it fucking it was crazy how much I liked that movie. And then you hear uh, Steven Spielberg um, won the Oscar for Best Director and Best Picture. And you're like, for, for Jurassic Park? No, not for Jurassic Park. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? That's the best movie that's ever happened. How could that possibly be true? Yeah. No, that is... Man, that's something I do think about quite
0: often is like how... You know, because I was telling you before we started, I've been, like, going through and watching... uh, I've been trying to watch all of AFI's 100, like, 100 years, 100 movies. Uh, But, like, you go back and watch some of the old movies that actually did win Best Picture but were fun and were, like, you know, actually (laughs) crowd-pleasing. And it's just... Yeah, you can already see it by Jurassic Park, which, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't... I don't even remember what year... Here did Jurassic Park come out like what, what would it have been up against
1: well here's the thing Spielberg did win best director and best picture for <laughs> Jurassic Park lost to Schindler's list oh they were which, the same year they literally they were the were same, the same year. year okay yeah yeah, yeah. He the, so yes fair play as I got older okay fair play I totally see that but at the time it was just devastating of what movie is better than Jurassic Park you're all insane people um I don't know.
0: There's a lot of movies, you know, like there's, I've also, you know, even like I recently watched there are play- a
1: lot of movies. You, you guys know that? Man, they're like, if you, if the listeners need to take a break because their heads are swelling with all this <laughs> knowledge and they don't want it to burst open, then now would be the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What was your thing that we should have gone to?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. So um my wife and I have been, you know, we've been fully vaccinated since, you know, the the end of January. Um uh her being a, you know, a frontline worker or whatever. Not or whatever. She was she was working in um uh senior centers th- through all of this and it was a nightmare. <clears throat> but we got back we've been vaccinated that long, and um we decided uh we're we're going to lose our minds if we don't get out of town. Let's find a place that we can just go to not be in Baltimore anymore. We just have to not be here. N- nothing against this place is just haven't been anywhere else. We need to go someplace. Let's go to a place, we thought, that uh nobody will be because it's still you know kind of cold outside here in the uh the mid-atlantic um uh so there, there won't be too many people and also it's a pretty like what if it's like a kind of shitty place so there'll be even less people we're trying to find the middle of this venn diagram um anyways we ended up in atlantic city for a couple of days oh and um we, uh, so we picked up like the, we picked up like their, uh, the, like the city paper or whatever and said, what, what the hell is going on around here? There's nobody, like no one was in town. There wasn't anybody there save for a few, uh, locals and, um, picked up the local paper just to see what was going on. And apparently there was going to be a, um, a, uh, uh, a regional, um, semi-professional wrestling match going on it's gonna be some 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 wrestling we were like we like the wrestling let's see what's going on <clears throat> so we um we get to this place and it was happening from like three to five or something which we found to be curious peak time so peak time yeah, for right? a show yeah so we show up and the guy says um uh the guy that's, that's going to be selling us our tickets says hey uh you know this is just like You've you've been to this place before. Um it was very it was very indicative of like an like an ECW match of like you go to this thing like this is going to be great and it's just like a guy sitting at a fold out table and like did you buy tickets?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's if people don't know uh because I I've also seen shows in high school gymnasiums but yeah, like even the the famed ECW arena as it's called the Viking Hall in Philadelphia is literally a bingo hall like when it's, it wasn't yeah. being used for wrestling they would have bingo there it's just a big sweaty like you know just poorly ventilated box of an
1: arena <laughs> that they stuff people into yeah totally like you know I had seen these I had seen these matches and then hey you want to come with us to Philly to see ECW like fuck yeah then you, you get up there and you get outside. The thing you're walking, and you're like, this is this is where it happens? Yeah. This thing this thing that is very excellent that happens in here? Which you have that vibe. So you
0: drive from Baltimore to Philly. You park, you find street parking. And you kind of yeah. have a moment where you go like, I might never see this car again. <laughs> like, yep. like, and then you walk and you stand in line just in the street in South Philly. And you wait because it's general admission. And sometimes the wrestlers actually would get bored and they would come out and talk to the people in line uh-huh.
1: and entertain you. But yeah, well, they're you, trying to, they're trying to set up rides home. Yeah. Like if you, if I win tonight, will you give me a ride home?
0: Which that was the funniest thing too, is like, did you, did you go with us? Like when we like, would like when we stayed in the Holiday Inn, uh, in Philly and it was like, that was just where we looked it up and it was like I want to say yes but it was like this is the hotel that's close to the arena and then you go there and it's like in the bar of the Holiday Inn where all of the wrestlers who don't live in Philly like they because it was the only place to stay like you would just see them afterwards of like yeah totally totally. I
1: remember like We're walking to the car and one of, I don't think it was one of the wrestlers, but one of the promoters was like, rode a bike past us. Yeah. It was like, oh, he's riding, he's riding his bike home. What the hell? Yeah. No, there was a good mix of people
0: that, yeah, just like lived in the neighborhood that wrestled that would just walk there or whatever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah crazy and it was world class stuff anyways we get some there of the best the guy... wrestling you could have seen in the 90s happening in a bingo hall <laughs> like... i mean not that's it's not even an exaggeration like yeah like it, the stuff you were the stuff you were watching on the professional the, the wcw wwF at the time um it did, it didn't touch it it was just it was objectively better.
0: Well, and depending on when you went there, you could see Steve Austin or, you know, <gasps> Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio or Mick because Foley. They, they
1: also knew it was better.
0: Yes. Yeah. <sighs>
1: Crazy stuff.
0: It is one of my... Sorry, I know we're getting to your thing. but no, go, it, ahead, go ahead. One of my favorite things, too, is oh that gosh. Steve Austin wrestled for WCW. He, like many people, I believe was fired by FedEx. Like they had a bad history of just like he got injured. They were just like, oh, well, you're not. And also when he wrestled, he wrestled with Brian Pillman. As the Hollywood Blondes, which if you think about Stone Cold Steve Austin and his career, definitely want him to play one of the Hollywood Blondes. It's a good use of who the, he is and what his personality is. And when I when I think Steve Austin, I think hair. Yeah. So he wrestled for them. He got cut because he was injured. So he was injured and then he was let go. And Paul Heyman knew how talented and how underused he was. Paul Heyman is a guy who ran ECW and he called up Steve Austin and said, hey, do you, do you want to come to, like, ECW? And and Steve was like, well, but I can't wrestle. And he was like, yeah, I know. It, can you talk? Like, do you, you want to talk about how frustrated you are right now? And, like, knew I'm going to hand this guy a microphone and literally let him say anything he wants about just getting fired from WCW. And essentially, very shortly after that, he healed and... The WWE, as they often did at the time, was like, hey, this guy is good on the mic and like has a look that he's now cultivated in ECW. Let's bring him up and develop that into Stone Cold Steve Austin, like 100 percent started there. And that was everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Just like we'll offer him millions of dollars and tell him we now own the thing he's been cultivating for years. But it was always like that. Like the luchadors
0: would all come through ECW. And then right, like yeah. literally like WCW created a luchador division by just raiding the people like just coming into ECW and offering big contracts to all the people they had already found.
1: They're like, That's what if not- you it, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy that there's like there's No. There's nothing to do about that. I mean, there's nothing to do about that. Well, no, it's just, just they yeah, we have we have all the money, and we'll make sure that everyone sees you. Like we're gonna give you your career, but you have no other options. It isn't it isn't like we're, you're being you know, um, you're being wooed by the Cardinals, but at the same time, the Padres also kind of want you too, and you kind of want to pit them against each other. You want to get the best deal. It's one show in town. Yeah. Well, and it's
0: I mean, it's it is such a tough thing because there there were people that were loyal to ECW who were like, I believe in what you're doing. I don't want to go. But it, ECW went bankrupt. Like, I mean, yeah. so did you make the right decision? Like you were loyal. But what did that get you versus, you know, like I right. I don't begrudge the people that were like, you can either really just try to eke it out here for no money or you can make millions of dollars. <laughs> Wrestling for one of these two other companies.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I mean, that's the thing, right? So you don't, you know, the, um, the devil comes along and says, I will solve all of your problems, your family problems. All you need to do is do what you do there, but do it for me for, um, uh, for all of this money. It's just that you're fucking them over, and I will eventually fuck you over. Right. Well, what do you... It's an impossible position to be
0: in. Well, and also, let's be clear. I still might screw this up in the transition, because while I want you to do what you were doing there, I'm also... I need to brand it myself so I can copyright it, so... Let's introduce you all to Ringmaster Steve Austin, or like you hear the stories of, right. you know, he didn't want Mick Foley to be Cactus Jack. So before they landed on Mankind, which was the compromise, one of the proposed names was Mason the Mutilator. <laughs> Mason? Yeah. The Mutilator. Yeah. And he was very adamant that we should hire this guy known as Cactus Jack, who's already done all of these like battles in Japan and has some international acclaim amongst hardcore wrestling fans. Let's put a mask on him. Let's really cover that
1: face up. Dude love wasn't even in the conversation.
0: Well, dude, love happened because of that sit down interview with Jim Ross where, yeah, which is like a great interview, but it, I don't think Vince McMahon was aware of dude love until that footage surfaced in that interview. And then it was like, this is gold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jim Ross. All right. So you're in Atlantic city. It's 3 PM peak, peak wrestling time. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. I'm at the folding table. And we're a little, we're a little late, you know, um, my wife likes those slot machines.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You got to go to Atlantic city for the slot machines.
1: Yeah. One armed bandits. So the guy says, um, he goes, yeah, we got some, we got some good stuff this afternoon, but if you want to come later tonight, like things get, um, uh, like the, the main stuff is tonight and that starts, you know, the, the doors open at seven thirty, and that goes from like, uh, from like eight till 10 or something like that. And that's like, you know, they, they, they use weapons and stuff and it gets a little bloody or whatever. If you want to check that out. It's yeah, like, they're,
0: oh. they're not breaking you know out the flaming tables for the 3 p.m. Show. God not bless them. 3
1: p.m. Show. So yeah. I said, Hey brother, we will see you at seven
0: so what was it also the idea is do they just have wrestling twenty four hours a day like is it just constant wrestling at this place like
1: no no look look man this is in um this was in not even not even one of the big casinos, not even one of the medium sized casinos this was like at the uh i don't remember what it was called, but it was way up the boardwalk and um one of the one of the really old places and they only they only had the two shows. Um, and it was in a. The only way I can describe it is it's a multi-purpose room. Okay. Just off one of the corridors in the casino. Um. So we come back and there's a warm-up match going on. We find out that this is an organization called G C W. GC-dub, GC-dub. Oh, that happened. That yeah, of happened. course it happened. And I joined in because it was cool. I'm like, yeah, I hope y'all I hope y'all know where you came from. <laughs> That's the
0: scary part. I don't even... Yeah, I'm exactly with you. I don't mind that they did it, but there's a terrifying thought that any person in that crowd is not aware where that came... Like the straight, origin. Yeah,
1: yeah, straight up. Like, hey, look, you guys. Uh, it's one of those um, watchtower situations when, yeah, okay, you... You love that Hendrix version. Just know that Bob Dylan wrote that song. Please, just know it. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I, is don't, it... I don't know why. It's just I don't know. It's one of those things. Is this game
0: changer wrestling?
1: Game changer wrestling. I
0: just looked that up.
1: Yeah, that's who, that's who. Yeah, that's what we walked into. And let me tell you, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break down this whole evening because I can't because it actually started at eight and it ended a bit after midnight is when we walked out of there. Um they uh there were there were some really good wrestling, really good personas. Um it did I can actually I could uh, I'll send I'll send you a picture after this Joel of um uh, the stage before and after the main event cuz the main event involved a lot of glass. Oh, um, but it was safety glass, but it's glass nonetheless. A lot of glass and blood. Um, uh, fluorescent light bulbs definitely. Um, uh, you know, uh, lumber covered in uh, barbed wire. Um, also, a lot of really good technical wrestling at the beginning. There were a lot of um, early card matches where I thought, you know, they. You know what they? I'll also say this: is that they they planned their evening very well so at the beginning were i saw look i know i'm no expert but i've just seen wrestling on a lot of different levels f- for many decades but i could see a lot of raw talent in some of the early matches but they were slow like they had really they had choreographed their spots their spots were good they were creative but the guys were moving r- really slowly like i even from the crowd i could see these telegraph moves coming in but it's fine, you know it's fine um as as the evening progressed, things got a lot tighter. you had a lot of more like definitive characters. you saw beef happening in the ring and stuff like that um uh there was a tag team that was called just called pussy what which was it was fantastic <laughs> it was it was actually it was cool so it was like um it was a tag match um one tag team were just two giant dudes, just two big beefy dudes. And on the other side was actually um it was a tag team that consisted of a man and a woman. The man being a big slender kind of hirsute guy with a mustache and long hair. He actually he wore shorts, but under his shorts he had fishnets on down his legs. <laughs> um and a uh and a woman who, uh, she was, I mean, she looked very strong. She had like, she was shorter and had like a really low center of gravity. You could tell that she could really hold her own in the ring. Like her, her bumps were good. She was picking up those big guys. Um, and I, I'm pretty, if I, unless I'm mis either, either it was her, her wrestling name or it was the name of the tag team. It was Pussy because several times she got the crowd going in a chant of Pussy. People were just <laughs> chanting Pussy, pussy, (laughs) which I don't know why they don't do that at baseball games, honestly. Why why aren't we celebrating this?
0: Not since Al Snow came out with a mannequin and chanted, what does everybody want? Head.
1: (laughs) The mannequin was named Head. Yeah. Yeah, we do want Head. Yeah. Um, uh, And so these two big guys tossed these two smaller people around for a while and they held their own. That was a great match. Like I said, I'm not going to break it all down. I'm just saying... GC dubs if you can find some footage that I haven't even seen I'm sure they have stuff on YouTube I don't know where else you would find their stuff but it was it was damn decent also much like um WWE and also I'll say aew their um uh their main events not as exciting as their undercards I don't know what that trend is nowadays but I don't what know they're they're big guy like right. That, when I say main event, it was the last match of the evening, and well, that's why most people were there. But the match before that was like the main guy and the other main guy.
0: Well, but I was going to because you were saying you're saying you don't know why that's the trend now. I feel like that's kind of always been the trend. Like, you know, is it really, though, if I'm misremembering things, I mean, there have been times. I'm, well, I mean, I, I think Shawn Michaels is one of the best ever at it and i think when Shawn michaels and Bret hart were the two top guys like their main events were amazing their iron man match if you've never seen it is great like they they had some great matches sean when he was the um, guy
1: hell in the cell one hell in the cell one is a great match
0: yeah so sometimes it would happen like that where that would be you know the main event but like i don't know when hogan was the guy you think that like you know watch wrestlemania 3 like it's it's historic for watching hogan and andre the giant wrestle and it's fun for that but like you know macho man randy savage and ricky steamboat are wrestling circles around them on that undercard (laughs) like
1: you're you know what you're absolutely right and for a while like especially in the late 90s and the mcmahon helmsley era yeah, um, The the main event was always The Rock and Triple H, and it was like, yeah, they're big dudes, and they're doing big, even, big dude stuff.
0: Even Stone Cold, who like, I dearly love and who I maintain still has the best finisher in all of wrestling, uh-huh. there was a lot of him just punching guys in that main event. <laughs> like, if we're all being honest with ourselves, like... He's gonna hit you with that Luthes press, then you guys are getting outside the ring to really like trade some punches near the announce table for for a good ten minutes.
1: To... <laughs> and there go the Spanish
0: announcers. God yeah. damn it. Meanwhile, yeah, when like the Hardy's and Edge and Christian and like the Dudleys were all feuding yes. and the undercard those guys were yeah. doing the most ridiculous acrobatic like trying the, the, to
1: those three in particular is how how are you even do that like how, where did you even come what are you doing this is some of the best athleticism i've ever seen including the olympics yes yeah Kurt angle yeah angle <laughs> no you're you know i think you're right and especially um when those guys stuck around for a long time which you know Good on you for doing the things you did at an advanced age, um, especially after doing it for so many years. I can't even imagine. But you know those um, those main events where it was you know uh, you know the Undertaker versus somebody, or just like just two of the big guys, and then they get into the ring and then they have like one quick spot, and the rest the rest of the match is. They're catching their breath for a long time. They get up, they do a move, and then they're catching their breath for a long time. Well, that's been one of the
0: biggest mistakes of Vince McMahon. Just like where he, Vince McMahon loves big, beefy men. Like, that is just a true statement. Like, (laughs) that's the epitaph. Yeah, (laughs) that is. If you look at his history,
1: Vince McMahon loves a beefcake. Like he just does. He, he, he does indeed. He and does the 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 former president Donald Trump, big beefy dude. That's yeah. a thick bitch.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is as as the uh the film Psycho Gorman gave us, like, Vince McMahon loves hunky boys. Um yeah. and <laughs> the problem is that because of that, he's had a tendency to hire sort of a redundancy in the big large scary man department of like you need one you need the undertaker or you need kane or you need andre the giant or you need the big show but you don't need all of them and when you have all of them inevitably you think it's a good idea of like what if these two huge men fight it's not it's really not (laughs) because you are gonna watch some tired men trade some punches that's what you're in for.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And they start swinging their long hair over their <laughs> neck back and forth as they get hit. And uh.
0: man, I love the Undertaker and I love Kane. And I storyline wise, I'm into Kane and Undertaker feuding. But those matches don't hold up. <laughs>
1: they really don't. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. GC dubs was good. It was good. What I liked about it the most, more than anything, is basically everyone besides me and Julia were, were there on purpose. <laughs> that, that's, that's their jam. They're really super yeah. into these folks. They like this organization. Um, I got You know what? If I'm being comp- completely honest, I am a fan, too. I am a new fan of GC dubs um i'll probably follow them i would go to another um uh, another night if i had the chance it was a lot of fun next time
0: next time (laughs) julia's getting like the itch next time she's gonna hit those those slots again you'll you'll pop in
1: she that's what's gonna that's (laughs) that's gonna be the cover hey did you maybe we should go see another wrestling match i heard that they're gonna you know they're gonna be up there at uh bally's the bally's casino Maybe so just stop maybe by maybe out. just stop by the bank on the way, get get some rolls I, of quarters. She doesn't <laughs> she doesn't show up to the match. Um, um, no, that's, that's awesome. Eric yeah, quarters. man, I I
0: miss I miss wrestling. I miss seeing live wrestling. Like it is it is if you have never been the greatest thing that you can do like is go see a live wrestling
1: man it really is it's so much fun like it's a el- it's electric it's absolutely electric i think and that was- like they, they, so like the main guys here's what i was gonna say is the oh. main guys coming out like the big guy this is you know um this is the rock this is triple h this is hulk hogan this is their dude his name's mdk that's short for murder death kill <laughs> oh my is that real yeah, yeah it really is <laughs> Is he a big Fifth Element fan?
0: (laughs) He's, um... No, wait, that was not the Fifth Element. That was, um... Demolition Demolition Man. Man. Thank you. I had the wrong, like, sci-fi. Yeah, Demolition Man.
1: That was cool. Um,
0: If his name uh, was, uh... (laughs) Leeloo Dallas
1: Multipass. Like, is that who he's fighting?
0: Is that who he's fighting?
1: (laughs) So, they, uh... They start his music, and everyone who is around the ring gets up and runs to the entrance where the wrestlers come in because that's their dude. They love this guy. And um, I have nothing bad to say about the man other than I thought the match was kind of boring. But yeah, I just like that kind of loyal fan base. I have to think you guys are good to your fans. You always give them a good show because wrestling fans, I think pound for pound are the smartest fans there are like, it's the smartest fan base for being fans of anything, in my personal opinion. You know what oh, I mean? No, and that was what I always...
0: Like, Philly fans were really fun, like, for ECW, because they all knew everything that was happening with everyone. They, they knew those times. Like, it was funny, because I remember specifically, I happened to go to the last show the Dudley Boys did. And forgive me, I don't remember if you were there for that one, because we went to multiple shows. But I remember right. well, yeah, being I there... I remember there being there when the Dudley boys wrestled their last show at ECW, they at the ECW arena in Philly, they did one more show after that at the Hammerstein ballroom in New York, but it was the last time they wrestled in Philly and everybody knew they were leaving and they just, everybody like was mad at them and they were, they were heels. They were bad guys. So the, their whole thing was getting the the crowd fired up. And so they came out just like I remember. Bubba Ray Dudley like pointing to his chin, like trying to get fans to punch him in the face. Like they were all fired up. They they were working the crowd. They were getting, and everybody was mad because these guys were leaving, and so everyone was booing them mercilessly. Everyone was like just getting like really in their faces, really shouting at them. But then that was the show. That's what they were heels. That was supposed to happen. The match ends like the Dudley boys are finally done and now everybody who's been giving them hell the entire time goes, please don't go, please don't go. Like it was all, we're booing you because we're supposed to boo you. But ultimately we want you to know, like, like for real, like it, it was almost like watching a roast, like where someone just roasted someone for 30 minutes and they're like, but seriously, I love this guy. Like he's the best. Like they, they wanted them to know you were loved before they like got out of there and that's that's how i always found those fans to be like they could be really tough they would boo you mercilessly if they didn't like you but like there was always a respect and they always knew everything about everybody it's like
1: i mean it's like a really dramatic breakup right kind of yeah So just like oh god just i fucking hate you i hope you die i want nothing good to ever happen to you again i love you it was, no. it was exactly like that
0: scene in marriage story with adam driver where it was like okay. you know if we didn't have a kid you know sometimes i wish you were hit by a car oh and then he punched the wall and then he won an academy award for it or whatever but <laughs> made a great meme hey look we're almost out of time yes yeah. but speaking of uh great directors and movies and wrestling and all of that okay. Have, yeah. you, have you been you been following this
1: Knives Out casting announcements like Knives Out 2? Oh, I, ha- I have I have seen I saw something on that. Yes. And I don't remember. So to answer your question, yes, but to a, a very useless degree. Well, so they announced they're making a Knives Out 2 and
0: Daniel Craig right. is coming back right. uh, and it's for Netflix, I guess. But these are the people they've announced so far for the cast that I've seen. Uh, right. The first one I'll just Ed Norton, which is fine. You know, pr- he probably did it. Let's just be honest; he's probably sure. probably the murderer. Um, but Ed Norton. Uh, then they announced D- Dave Batista, right.
1: pro wrestler Dave Batista. That's the one I saw. That who's
0: getting so much work? And then they just announced
1: today, Catherine Han. You see, you see, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Which I, looks, wait? I meant to say, Did I send you a Catherine Han thing recently? No, and I'm mad that you didn't. Okay, I'll, I'll do <laughs> how, it after we're done. I'll do how it. How fucking dare you? <laughs> I thought about you, and I I meant to send
0: it to you. <laughs> I just look, everybody listening right now, send me the Catherine Han stuff. <laughs> That's at Free Mister Clark on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, we would, even If you're like, hey, he's probably seen this. I might not have, and also I might have, but
1: I might want to. Like, I I want to. See, oh man. Do I want to see... I want to see a one-on-one scene with with Catherine Hahn and Bautista. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let I me wa- see it. Because look, he can hold his own. He's got some chops. He's not great, but he's good at what he does. Bautista... So let, me, let me see him. Let me see him in, like... Oh, I want... Oh, what if they're a couple? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. No, but Bautista... I love the work he's getting. Like, he...
0: He has a thing that I think he does well. I think people realize that he does it well and they use him like I I've enjoyed every movie that I've seen him in. I like that guy a lot. Uh, I liked him in the the Blade Runner movie. Remember that? That
1: That's what I was going to bring up, because that I think of all the things that I remember from Blade Runner, that that is always the standout, that opening scene. Yeah. Um, First, because it's good. Yes. Second, because I come to understand that 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 scene was actually written into the screenplay of the first movie, but they didn't they didn't think it actually like set the the tone that they wanted to like it 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 just didn't work. They couldn't do it, so they put it in this one. It didn't so set it, like, the that, tone
0: they were going for in the first one, which is like I think
1: this is good, but I'm
0: not sure.
1: That they, was well. They they they're like well this. The description of this person that you've written down, they don't exist yet. So as soon as this huge monster man exists, then we'll go ahead and do this scene. Which also, man, it's been a while since I've seen it, but like, in my mind, isn't he just like, he's just like eating beans or something, right? Like, doesn't he just like want to be left alone? Like in his No, he does. He's when, yeah, when Ryan Reynolds shows up, he is gardening. And then when Ryan Reynolds gets into the guy's home, he's just cooking breakfast. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, uh, I was like, part. I was like, am I remembering it? Like that
0: doesn't seem right. like the movie. Uh, I remember. Wrong, wrong handsome white man. <laughs> yeah, uh, but easy mistake to
1: make. But uh, but yeah, Ryan Gosling shows up. Yeah, 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 and he and he is just chilling. But it, like, I think that sets a great tone for a movie. I think he, uh, both of both of them played it great. You know, Ryan um, Gosling. I almost said it again. I almost yeah. said Johnson that time. Ryan Gosling, <laughs> the, the pitcher. Um, He's got he's got a whole movie to develop that character. But I think in the confines of that one scene, um, Batista had to had to do a a lot of work in order in order for us to know what the hell is going on. And I think he held up his end. It was I thought it was really good.
0: I I really like Ryan Gosling. I think he's a really good and charismatic actor. I so I understand that when I say this, because I mean it sincerely movies where people beat the shit out of Ryan Gosling are usually good. Like, it's usually a good formula if he's just getting punched in the face a lot because you got this, which also don't forget the Harrison Ford apparently really hit him in the face when they're filming. Yeah,
1: straight straight up punched him. Uh, But then there's also the nice guys, which is a lot. Nice guys is great. I I think he's in a sling in that one for a good portion. Yeah, he like
0: really, because Russell Crowe breaks his arm, I think, in that one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, it's fun to watch that guy get beat up. No, he's really good at it. That's what I mean. I mean that so sincerely that like just there's something about that dude that you just want to see him get punched in the face. It's like really good. I think doesn't Batista uh-huh. throw him through a wall?
1: If I remember correctly. Yeah, he goes right through a wall. <laughs> he chokes him through a wall, yeah. I do believe. It's I'll great. say the same thing about Ryan Reynolds. I love watching that dude get the, the fuck beat out of him. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah,
0: well, I that's all Deadpool is—is is like it's just gets the fuck beat oh. out of him till the other. It's the Rocky strategy, or I'm sorry, and it's not Rocky. That's actually Homer Simpson in the parody of that. I'm just like, <laughs> I often get those confused—the original Rocky and the no, Homer Simpson. To be fair,
1: Rocky got the shit beat out of him too. That was kind of the point of that movie.
0: But literally, the Homer Simpson—you just he just waited for all the hobos to get exhausted, and then he'd push them over.
1: I want to see. I want to watch rocky with someone who doesn't know about the movie rocky and first of all i want to see them react to oh this guy's a giant creep and then i want them to get to the end and go what he doesn't win no (laughs) the point of the movie is rocky doesn't win you know what do you think is rocky what did it
0: is that what soured the academy on uh actually rewarding (laughs) like big blockbuster movies because they liked Rocky and then that franchise went
1: off the rails like real quick and then they felt burned. <laughs> they were like, We endorsed this.
0: You and know, so what? Now- maybe
1: you know what? Maybe. Well, I don't think it was the franchise. It might have just been that was the last I don't know. Because after that it was I'm thinking about the rest of the seventies. It was Kramer versus Kramer and then the Deer Hunter. Um you know, getting into the 80s, it's Chariots of Fire, Amadeus, Gandhi, Out of Africa, Platoon. That might be in order, actually.
0: I think that that sounded right. Yeah. Amadeus is so
1: great. Amadeus Def- is really great. Well, definitely one my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to episode number burr, 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 when we talk about Milos Forman after his um, uh, passing away.
0: And uh, Deer Hunter was another one I had never actually seen that I just watched for the AFI list. And I think I had this impression of that movie because all I knew about it was Russian roulette. So I'm like, which is not wrong, but I was like, that's what this movie is, right? And then I was like, it's three hours long and two of those hours are not in... (laughs) <laughs> like like they're just back home at their steel factory or whatever. Yeah, you know?
1: straight up. Yeah. most of that movie is about uh Vietnam sucks and it's really hard to go back to Pittsburgh after Vietnam. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, but it, i just wasn't prepared for that. But like no, I I ended up and I I don't know if you remember the guy's name. The director of that, like, I think he had a fascinating arc of one, it turned out he really uh he claimed that he had been like a green beret and that he had had all this war experience that turned out to not be true. Oh, it turned shit. out he was like a reservist that never actually saw combat.
1: Oh no kidding. <laughs> and, and then, then he then- went on he went on to become the president after Bill Clinton. <laughs> yes uh (laughs) no
0: he went on apparently to make a movie called heaven's gate that is one of the most infamous flops in all of hollywood (laughs) like right after (laughs) like immediately after like all of the acclaim of the deer hunter the next movie he made was a huge flop that like you know lost a ton of money
1: holy crap
0: yeah so there you go that was was that a good i I really don't have a good barometer for movie facts this week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: That's great. Okay, I want that to be a reoccurring segment. Was that good? Was that a movie fact? I don't. I don't yeah, know. That could be the name of this goddamn show. D- yeah.
0: Well, hey, we talked for an hour, so yeah. I hope y'all enjoyed yourselves. <laughs> I, me, me too. Me too. <laughs> I know Learn. I did. I did. So remember, question everything
1: and shut up and get a lawyer. (laughs) Oh <laughs>
0: You bark right when I'm getting ready to start. (laughs) Not you, Lars. You're good.
1: Hobo Radio is
0: a production of HoboTrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or
1: review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one.
0: This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to The Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to hobo radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, That's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen
1: to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes... The mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us
0: at thecurioso.com.
1: On the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to.